another edition Sports with Yosef I'm Yosef Nesinter Today we're gonna do almost all things Baltimore sports We're gonna go through the Orioles Their recent points of interest About 5 minutes we'll go through the MLB playoffs And coming up we'll go through the Ravens Including what their most shocking attribute is The thing you would never have seen coming And the most unlikely prediction For 2018 coming into the season That's in 6 minutes Coming up in 11 minutes, we're going to break down the Ravens, Titans, and more on all that stuff coming up today on Sports with Yosef. So the Orioles, big, big, big news. There are going to be a lot of free agents after this year. They traded a bunch of them away, including Zach Britton, Manny Machado, and more. They also traded some controllable guys like Scope and Kevin Gosman. But the Orioles also had their manager, Buck Showalter, and their general manager and president of baseball operations, Dan Duquette. They were going to be free agents at the end of this year. And coming into this season, it was really not sure what was going to happen with that. But the Orioles came out with a statement about a week ago. They said they'll hire a new top baseball executive from outside the organization. And that person will have the final say in picking the next manager. In the interim, Brian Graham, the team's director of player development, will handle day-to-day -day oversight of baseball operations. The team also said that director of scouting Gary Razich, vice president of baseball operations Brady Anderson, remain under contract. We thank Dan and Buck for their many contributions over the past several years. Under their leadership prior to 2018 and for six consecutive years, the club delivered competitive team playing meaningful baseball in September, achieved three postseason appearances, and came within four games of World Series appearances, won more games than any other American League club during a period spanning five of those six enjoyable seasons. And there's a lot in this statement. And I didn't expect Dan Duquette to come. In fact, I would have been furious if they kept Dan Duquette. And I understand that Dan Duquette had the Angelos, especially Peter, really holding him back, not letting him do his job. And in the last couple months of 2018, he did a great job with this ball club. He really did. I was a big fan of all the trades he did and all the different things he was able to come up with. But this franchise is in a state of position with the players they have on this roster. I believe it's because of Dan Duquette. It's not 100% his fault, but he could have done more. I kind of wanted Buck Showalter to stay. And here's why. Buck Showalter brought winning baseball back to Baltimore. He brought a winning mentality, something that Baltimore's baseball had not had for many years, really going back to 1997. I wasn't around back then. I wouldn't know, but this is what I'm told. Buck is a face of this franchise. In the very least, I would have made no statement about Buck until the new GM is signed and president of baseball operations, and they would let that person, whoever he or she may be, run this show, and that will be the person to decide whether Buck Showalter stays. A little disappointed they didn't do that, and it's not impossible that's going to be the case. I mean, looking at the statement, they will say they hire a new top baseball executive from outside the organization, and that person will have a final say in picking the next manager. That doesn't ex exclude Buck. So Buck could still be in the conversation, and it'll be interesting to watch as that comes. Another good thing about this statement, this is a statement that came from the Orioles, was that 
Doris have not had one voice in this organization, at least since Dan Duquette came. They, they've had Brady Anderson meddling around. They've had the Angelos owners meddling in. And Dan Duquette's not had a final say. And it's just been really uncoordinated. Who has a final say? What's going on? The Angelos Suns looks like they've taken over this franchise. And they have said something which, if the Orioles can do, would be incredible. They'll hire a new top baseball executive from outside the organization, and that person will have the final say in picking the next manager. But not just the next manager. And it's going to also have the final say in everything. He's in charge. What his says goes. That's something they've not had. That is huge. And that would be great to see coming back to Baltimore and just having the Orioles be on the straight path. Because they need to do more international market. They need to get more prospects. They're going to have some good draft picks this year. They're looking at the Mesas, Victor Victor Mesa and his brother Victor Jr. And it's going to be very interesting to see how this thing works out. A couple guys they could go for, for this top executive. The guy in charge of the statistical things for the New York Yankees. He really built that whole statistics thing, which is the best in baseball. Maybe a young analytics guy from the Cubs or the Astros or a bench coach there. And it'll be interesting to see what they end up going with. But I like the direction, what they're doing, and what we've seen from management. It's been very encouraging to see. Let's take a look at the MLB playoffs, where it's come down to the four teams, which, looking into playoffs, I fully expected Red Sox. Astros, Brewers, Dodgers. Now, I want a lot of pizza due to the fact that the Red Sox beat the Yankees. But it's been a interesting postseason. Manny Machado coming through in Game 4 for the Dodgers to help send them to the NLCS. And I'm going to be very intrigued to watch this. Jonathan Scope versus Manny Machado matchup to see who will go to the World Series, something neither of those did in Baltimore. Though, granted, if the Orioles had Manny Machado... Back in 2014, then I believe they would have gone to the World Series. And as this thing will unfold, I think the Astros will win. I think the Dodgers will win. I think we'll see a rematch with just a different winner this time. And I think we'll then see Machado stay in Los Angeles. This postseason, it's been exciting. There have been crazy stuff happening with relievers starting the wild card for the Athletics. And many other things. And it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch this thing unfold and just see how it goes through. The Ravens. Well, they lost to the Browns. And I'm not going to talk too much about that. Just a couple quick points. The Ravens were facing a very good Browns team. I don't like the quarterback. I don't think he's the future of that franchise. But he's got some very talented wide receivers around him. They've got the n- number two rushing game as I'm going on NFL statistics. It's been great what they've been able to do. That's a very good offense. The Cleveland Browns, it's good. It's a good team. It is. It's not great. But they're going to just have to figure out. Coming into week five, they had the number two rushing attack. I'm sorry, I don't have their updated statistics right here in front of me. But that's a good team. There are a lot of great pieces with Jarvis Landry... And then you've got all those guys in the backfield, Carlos and ha- Carlos Hyde and company. 
that's a team that you really do have to count with, and that's a team that's going to be in contention in this AFC North for a while, and if they get their quarterback, whether it'll be a Joe Flacco trade situation to the Browns or something else, that's going to be a team you have to reckon with. Unfortunately for the Ravens, one of the storylines for this new receiving core has been drops. Michael Crabtree leads the NFL in drops, and that's something that he, he knows he has to stop. And he came out and said last week, this game was on me, dropping many crucial passes, including a ball in the end zone, which he got his hand on, couldn't pull it in, which would have been the game winner. And I'm looking at this game, and if I'm Joe Flacco, I'm like, what can I do? I throw the ball, it's complete, let's say Buck Allen, he fumbles the ball, I hand it off, well my other running back Alex Collins, he'll fumble the ball, I throw it to my receivers, my supposedly number one wide receiver, Michael Crabtree, well he can't hold on to the ball, Willie Sneed's been good, the tight ends have been great, John Brown been electric, but he needs guys to step up, including the running game, and just to hold on to that football, the Ravens... This is a dominant offensive team. They're averaging 26.4 points a game. They're getting about 383 yards a game. And it's not like this is a bad team. There is talent on this team. And if they can get it together, which I think they can, this team has a chance to go deep into the postseason. But they have to just do it. They have to hold on to the football. And, well... I teased that this is something that you would never have predicted the Ravens to have coming into the season. And if I was to ask a Ravens fan, what is the main strength of this team? What would the answer be? Offense? Defense? Special teams? Running the ball? Passing the ball? What would you say? My answer would be special teams. This has been one of the best special teams unit in the NFL. They have the one of the greatest kickers all time. The best field goal percentage made in the history of the NFL. They have one of the mo most veteran punters in Sam Cook, who's got so many different types of punts. Who, by the way, top quarterback rating in Ravens franchise history. That belongs to Sam Cook at over 120. He's 4 for 4 on fake punts, throwing the ball. And coming into this year, this was expected to be another great year for this Ravens and this, for this Ravens special teams. But it's not worked out. It really has not because, well, this Ravens special teams just can't get any protection. They've had a couple of blocked field goals from Justin Tucker. They've had a blocked punt. That was against the Broncos. They've had horrible protection on the punts. This special teams unit needs to get it together and fast because... They just have been one of the main scoring pieces of this Ravens unit. They've been so consistent in Flacco's down years, really since really 15, 16, and 17. Really first half of 17, Flacco rebounded with a great second half last year. But they've just got to get better. They've got to get better protection. And John Harbaugh, who was a former special teams coach, he's got to be really frustrated about what he's been seeing. They've been having return men just not judge the ball correctly, they've just not done anything to get this team into shape, and that's going to have to stop. The Ravens have just really not been great, 
They've had 10 fumbles. It's tied for fourth in the NFL this year. It's really just got to get better. 10! That's unacceptable! 10 too many! Only four of them have been lost. One for a touchdown. This is not what you can do when you're the Ravens. This offense, it's averaging 26.4 points a game. But they've got to do better and just get a lot better at protecting the football. Because otherwise, they're just not going to be competitive. And this is a team that can be competitive. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're doing. In contrast, the Oakland Raiders have two fumbles. The Lions have two fumbles. The Broncos and Bengals and Bears have three. It's not good to see. This team really does need to turn around on offense. And I think they can. I think they're going to do that as we take a look at the Ravens-Titans game. This is a game which will probably be a defensive showdown. The Ravens defense, fifth overall in the league. The Titans, eight. The Ravens... And overall offense are 10th, while the Titans are 26th. But the real key to this game is going to be points allowed. The Ravens have averaged giving up 15.4 points a game. 15.4. That's incredible. The Titans are tied for third with the Jaguars at 17.2, which is very good. In contrast, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have averaged 34.8 points given up but the Ravens are going to have to keep that going going into Tennessee offense that is so versatile you've got Deion Lewis in the backfield you've got many other threats in that backfield we're not excluding Marcus Mariota their quarterback who's got great legs they're going to have to deal with that and figure out a way how to stop that team to come out of there with a win they're going to need to be able to run the ball have to win the third down conversions get back to their success in the red zone, not fumble the ball or drop it. And if they can do that, I think they can come out with a win against Tennessee in that 425 game coming up on Sunday. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sports with Yossi. I'm Yossi's Miss Inter. I'll see you next time.